Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Techpreneur Radio, the podcast for technology and entrepreneurship. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Jackson Fitzgerald, co-founder of Hedge. Hedge is an application that uses existing rounding up strategies from financial institutions to place bets on fantasy sports. This interview was super exciting to me because I'm bullish on sports gambling and believe that this application is going to be the platform for college students to get involved in fantasy sports. Hedge is currently in public beta for the iOS application. Let's tune in. All right. Welcome to the show, Jackson. Um, Jackson Fitzgerald here has started is working on a company called Hedge Incorporated or Hedge Inc. I'm not sure if that's short for Incorporated, but he's basically yeah. working yeah. on a company that uh, he's going to talk about now. But from what I gather, it's just um, doing sports uh, fantasy gambling with spare change from like your your orders, like, you know, you round up and stuff and using that to bet on fantasy sports. So Welcome, Jackson. Hey, Eddie. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good description. So I'll add a little bit of a uh, color to it. Hedge is basically attempting to be the first fintech of fantasy sports. Um, with that, like you said, we're the first ones that are really trying to capitalize on this emerging roundup transaction functionality that you see across the space uh, with Acorns and Stash, Digit, and using those transaction roundups for fantasy sports lineups. Uh, picture walking into a Starbucks, swiping your card, getting your coffee for two fifty, and automatically that fifty cents gets thrown into your account, either as a budgeting tool to use for later, or right into a lineup for you to use automatically with the games once they come back, at least uh, right into another contest. So, right, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you because in the current state, I think sports are kind of rolling back and starting, and they're still kind of still kind of questionable what's going to happen. So, where do you guys see? like the future of like sports and, and obviously sports gambling. Cause it's very important. Like maybe people can participate in the sports, but they might want to still like have some kind of social experience um, with, with gambling and fantasy sports. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So breaking that down a little bit. So with sports coming back, we see sort of NBA, uh, the MLB is coming back NFL, even if their schedules are weird, there's at least going to be something for people to put something down on, have a stake on and watch. Um, obviously, over the next year, the timelines are a little bit strange. Like, all of a sudden, this next NBA season will wrap up, and the new one will start in December. There will be a quick turnaround. Um, but in the future, at least, I see at least widespread, let's assume sports come back in some form, even if it's in a weird abbreviated season. Uh, we'll see mm-hmm. golf remain, remain back. We'll see esports, which is such a growing, um, uh, very highly and quickly growing in popularity. Yeah. Um, that'll be around for a long time. So, Users are yeah. definitely going to have a lot of options in terms of what they can watch, what they can sort of enjoy um, going forward, even in, under intense and strange circumstances with COVID. Yeah, I didn't even know you guys were doing esports. Is that is that one of the markets you're planning on going to? Yeah, we plan to iterate to that. Um, it's something that we're sort of. Um, it's not as prevalent in terms of, or at least in relation to NBA, NFL, uh, especially in the fantasy and betting world. It's definitely getting there. You see the growth. Um, it would, would be yearly growth coming almost monthly, especially in this time of COVID where wow. users are really starting to become more, more inclined to sign on to Twitch and watch people stream um, or even with different tournaments that go on, whether it's overseas, whether it's here in the United States or whether it's remote with famous athletes and things of that nature. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, so I think, I think, yeah, I think esports is going to be a huge market going forward it's growing crazy like now that we have like it's on espn that you recently just happened um and a lot of people are you know they're dreaming of being these like 
esports stars like ninja and stuff like that so I, i'm i'm kind of, i kind of know about that space a little more um sure than like like golf fantasy sports i'm not really that uh familiar with all those things but i want to i want to ask you a little bit about your your background so i know this is not the first startup company that you're working on that you've worked on i know you've worked on something called like poppers like poppers coffee so i wanted to uh, get a little bit more about your like sure. entrepreneurial background Sure. Yeah. Well, I graduated from Penn State about a year ago and was always sort of uh, involved with different things on campus, whether that was just uh, different student organizations. Uh, Penn State, graduating Penn State had THON, which is a great huge dance marathon. And I always used to try to attack, tackle problems from a different angle. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially, that's what Hedge is, really, just bringing different solutions that existed from different verticals into the space um, and really just trying to make it better for everybody around. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, that was another project we were working on before Hedge really took over. Um, and here we are now, but that's something we're <laughs> pushing down the road a couple of years, but I'm excited for, uh, all different projects that I'm sure will come up, uh, to come up. And speaking a little bit about like your past and stuff, what is your, what is your, your take on like being an athlete and then kind of transitioning into like the fantasy sports, uh, thing? Cause I know that you, you kind of were like doing sports and, and I know you're probably very passionate about like athletics and sports and stuff like that. And Penn state's a huge like football school. So what do you think of like people that are passionate about sports, but can't necessarily practice. And you think those are like your possible customers and, or stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. So the thing is a lot of the athletes in this in college have a strange uh, circumstance where the NCAA limits their participation in fantasy gaming and sports betting in general. Um, mm-hmm. What you see with myself included uh, as well as athletes across the country, is that as soon as they sort of break um, through college, graduate, and get in, since they're so much more inclined to watch sports, um, just as a consequence, they're much more likely to bet and get involved in the space. Um, so unfortunately, it's sort of a circumstance where they can't get involved when they're in college, at least for uh, unless it's with their buddies in like a season-long fantasy league. Um, right. But definitely something that's going to be coming up as more states legalize sports betting, um, that there's going to be more integrity laws, regulation around users themselves, even if they're not NFL athletes, but college athletes will have limitations. So they're figuring a lot of it out. It's very murky for sure. How the integrity goes into play where verifying somebody maybe is on the swim team at Penn state and that they they can't bet on the 76ers game that night or something like that. Uh, It's Hmm. a very interesting space, but a lot of that is getting figured out, not on the fly, but as a, as the legalization iterates itself out. Yeah, can you talk about like the regulations? Because this is a fairly new, uh, like new development. I think sports gambling. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they kind of became legal like last year. I want to say, or maybe like a year, like two years ago. Um, but you probably know more than I do about that space. Yes, yeah, sure. So it um, what happened was a few years ago. It might have been 2017. Uh, mm-hmm. The Supreme Court essentially legalized or uh, had a decision, had a stance that it was up to the states to decide whether sports betting within that state would be legal or not. Um, you saw that in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada was all, was, has been legal for the past few years. But with that uh, Supreme Court stance, they essentially leave it up to the states to decide. And then the next thing that would come out is individual state legislatures would have to essentially map out the landscape for that state, how holds, all these different variables um, for the sports betting landscape within that state, whether mobile has different verification uh, thresholds, things of that nature. And what we're seeing now with COVID, which is interesting, I'm sorry to back up maybe a little over the past two years, 
um, certain states have legalized both brick and mortar and mobile sports betting. So there are, I think, 13 states that allow in-person sports betting. You can go to your local casino or different kiosk stations around the state and place bets. Get sorry, you broke up there for a Indiana. second. Indiana, most recently. Oh, sorry about that. Um, which part did I leave off on? All I heard was like Indiana was the last was I think right before when you came back. So. Sure. Yeah. So the states that have legalized recently were Indiana, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, uh, Colorado, most recently, only a few weeks ago, as well as I think New Hampshire and one of the states in the next few weeks, a month mm. uh, are rolling it out as well. But what we're seeing is that so many states are pushing this legislation through their legislature in order to meet the budget shortfalls that are coming from COVID. Uh, there was a projection that a year of mobile sports betting legalized in New York would be almost a billion dollars of tax revenue on their mm. books. So it's something that we're seeing all states pushing for with the severe circumstances that we're in right now. Oh, that's crazy. And you and you are and you guys are kind of building the platform for I guess right now you're you have the iOS and beta stage, right? So you're building yep. the the platform for like sports trading for fantasy for fantasy leagues, right? Yep. Yeah, that was essentially a good way to describe it. Wow. Yeah, that's it's gonna be nuts for you guys. I think I think it's really gonna be like so a lot of people do fantasy sports, but I don't know how many people bet on fantasy sports. I don't, I, you're not betting on the, you're like, so fa- So just to back up a little bit, can you like explain sure. how fantasy sports kind of works? I think I have an idea, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So there in the general sense, fantasy sports is essentially just picking athletes that are on a, on a bunch of teams on a given day. So that at least is daily fantasy sports. So picking athletes, making your own hypothetical team and that team competing against your friends to make a similar team. What daily fantasy sports does is essentially truncate the time frame from which your team performs. So say you have LeBron James on your team, you're only picking LeBron James for the next two days, the two games that he's playing. Um, mm. Assemble the rest of your team based either on a snake draft, meaning only one person can have LeBron James in that scenario or on a salary where you have $50,000 LeBron James, let's say to continue the example, costs $15,000, which would be a larger chunk. And then based on sort of budgeting your own quote-unquote salary cap, you can then pick a team and based on different contests, competing against your friends, competing against strangers for higher or lower cash prizes. And then they're kind of the the payouts and the performance is based on the real games, right? Like how they perform in a real game? Exactly, yeah. Based on their real in-person performance uh, in these real games. Mm. Wow. So it's really, it's, it's like a really gamification of like reality and then you're getting paid out for it. Yeah. That's the fantasy sports. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Yep. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I always remember people making their brackets for like a whole NFL season. Um, and that would be like a huge thing. Like you, you pick your bracket, that'd be like a Sunday that you spend in your, at your buddy's house and, and you set that up. But I never, I never kind of got into it. So I just like I wanted to get a little bit more clarity. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the difference then to expand on the difference between betting and fantasy, um, at least from a legal standpoint, is essentially with fantasy, what they've discovered is there's a lot more math that goes into it than just betting. Meaning like you can pick uh, a betting outcome typically has a coin flip uh, that either the Raiders are going to win or the Steelers are going to win tonight. And there's not much mathematical analysis that can go into that, um, at least in terms of being correct in the long term. But in fantasy sports, what they proved mathematically as well as verified with courts is that with so many, I guess, if you want to call them small bets that are maybe 55% chance likely to happen in the long run, your individual players will outperform other players 
your individual lineups will outperform others. And then long run skill overcomes the chance aspect, which differentiates itself from betting in just a slight long run um, outcome. Gotcha. And then do you, so you have, you have all this like robust, like infrastructure that you're building out. How, how is like, do you have access to the data of what's like, who's coming in? How are they using your application? And do you see like a, a trend in like the user age or like demographics or location? I guess obviously like it has to be the states that are legalized, but do you know, do you know if it's like older, older people, younger people? Yep. From what, from what we've seen is it's primarily, uh, so the minimum legal age is 18 in most states. A couple of states, right. it's 19. I think in Massachusetts, it's 21. I don't have it in front of me, but typically it's 18. So the most, uh, the average user is around 27 years of age, makes so, about, yeah. has a job, has about $50,000 in medium income, um, and typically falls between 20 and 35. At least 95% of the industry falls within that age bracket. So there's a there's a bit of a skew towards uh, the younger side with fantasy right. sports right. betting is a little bit more centric around the 27 age range, um, right. but uh, college age people are definitely a large uh, segment of the demographic. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that makes sense because like it's it's a couple barriers for like older people, like the technology, the fantasy side of it, like all of that is kind of somewhat of a barrier for older folks and. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What we see with fantasy is there's a lot um, more of a social aspect and not maybe necessarily that older people don't have more of a social life per se, but when you're in college, you're just physically, maybe not with COVID physically around more people who have like interests um, who are more likely to participate. And then what is, I wanted to get like your, your thoughts on like the philosophy behind doing like spare change gambling. What if they want to like spend more, do they have like that ability or is it, is it just like you wanted to have like the roundup um, be like a part of the product? Yeah. Great question. So it really is a supplement to the entire platform. Uh, we would not limit it just to roundups. Um, sometimes we would allow people to limit themselves prior um, almost as like their own budgeting tool as a responsible right. game gambling uh, layer, but they yeah, would not good. be limited to this. So if they, if they then won $50 with their spare change roundups, they would be able to put that $50 alone, maybe on another contest to try to double the money or whatever they'd want to do with it. Right. And then can you run me through like, what are those, what the contests would kind of be like, how, how is that, how does that work? Do you kind of just like say like similar to fantasy where you say, Oh, this athlete, depending on how they, how many points they make per game, how many uh, like blocks they have, like depending on what, what sport you're talking about. And then based on that performance, how closely, how well they perform, that's kind of like what your payout is. Uh, yeah, basically. So a couple of factors would be relative performance of the field. So obviously the mm. field being other players and other entries, yep. uh, as well as the amount of money that you put up. So obviously it's, let's take the example of making a bet with one cent. There's not much of an upside to that, but going all the way up to right. a few dollars or all, even higher, it then makes sense that it would be a higher payout based right. on yeah. the risk level, based on whatever. Of course. Yeah. Interesting. And what are your, what are your like roadmap for the future? Do you see like you guys building out like a web client? Like what's, do you want it to be like more like public? Like you want to like sponsor things? Like what's your, what's your roadmap? Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this we do, I would have to keep uh, internal, I guess, but absolutely with right. the, adding the web app vertical is something that we definitely want to do in the near future as well as adding other sports um, like esports, even esports themselves are adding more sports, uh, whether they're more, more Fortnite tournaments, 
uh, things of that nature. Um, hmm. That's where we sort of see it in the short to long term, adding different functionality for different sports fans, whether it's even smaller sports like Ultimate Frisbee or uh, professional lacrosse, things of that nature that aren't really mainstream power four sports, but nonetheless have a, have a pretty big uh, user base. And do you have any kind of idea of your user base? Like right now, since you're doing like, uh, like actual sports betting, I don't know if you've started doing esports, but for your sports betting people, um, do you know if they kind of played a sport before in high school or college or, or before? Um, I don't necessarily off the top of my head know the breakdown of how many of the sports betting pool are athletes. I do know that at the very least, it's if you are yourself an athlete, you are more likely to bet on sports down the road, most likely to bet on the sport that you yourself played, um, but in general as well. Uh, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I do know it's higher than average. Yeah. I was just thinking for like, if you're trying to market this to people, like you'd probably target like different kind of athletes. Um, just curious to get like how, what the strategy is for you guys for getting the word out there is this is kind of like what I'm trying to get at. Sure. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. We have a ton of different marketing strategies around similar things like that. So you're spot on. Yeah. I think, and I also thought it's super interesting that your, your team is fairly young. Like I saw, like I, I, the way that I like connected with you was through, with, through Patrick so he went to, we yep. went to Williams together and he, he kind of gave me your information. Um, sure. And so like, what's, what, do you have any like uh, unique perspectives from having such a young team? Cause I think most of your, your team members are like in their twenties ish, like recent grads right. and stuff like that. So I just want to know yeah, like, what exactly. your, so, your perspective is on, on young, on young hiring, I guess people are kind of scared of that. Yeah, totally. So Pat is actually the oldest. Uh, he is six months older than me. So I'd be the second oldest. So Pat just turned 24. I'm 23 and a half, uh, going on 24. And then the youngest team member we have, I think, is one of our front-end developers who's just turned 22. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, it keeps, it keeps a little bit of the team uh, close-knit. It's a close-knit team for sure. Um, but it also shows that we're really hoping to learn on the fly. Um, we're going in there a little bit um, fresh into the industry, uh, but nonetheless have a lot of energy behind it. So. There are pros and cons to both, but uh, we're doing pretty well with the the, uh, the younger age average. So, yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be a little more challenging if you had like older management trying to like sell them the idea of sports gambling. Uh, but I think you guys are like spot on and going to be have a lot of success in the future if you if you keep playing your cards right. Obviously, um, so can we let's see how can we get how can we get access to hedge? Can you give me a like a step-by-step -step process? Cause I know, yeah. I know you have your public beta on, but. Sure. Yeah, correct. So if you wanted to sign up for the beta test that's coming out in uh, about a week, maybe a little past a week, you can go on hedge.co, um, www.hedge.co. Uh, it'll take you right to the landing page for the iOS beta test signup. Um, it's pretty simple once you get on there. And then once you put in your email, you'll be notified for when that comes out, probably around when basketball comes back. So that's the easiest way for users to um, sign up as well as there's some contact information. If anybody has questions for me, anyone on the team to sign up for our newsletter to the side hustle, uh, which has been written by one of the team members, as well as you see some other, uh, some media things like our podcast that's coming out as well as uh, other newsletters. So um, www.hedge.co is the best place to go uh, for all of that. Awesome. Uh, the, the FAQ section is super helpful. I have to say it's very extensive. Um, oh, I was, yes. I was going through it. <laughs> almost too extensive. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's all I have from you, for you. Um, I just think I just want to sum up everything. I think it's super interesting how you went from, you know, you're as an athlete, then going to like a like a state like a like a Penn State, and then like doing statistics and econ, and then going into this whole like fintech and making the platform for sports gambling. It's just it's gonna be. I think it's gonna huge. Just so I want to congratulate that for congratulate you for that. Um, Thanks, Eddie. Really appreciate that. But yeah, keep me keep me in touch. See what's going on, what's happening. Um, I, I like to keep my eyes peeled on this because I think it's it's a huge. Um, there's a lot of potential for this. The only sad part is I don't have an iPhone, so I can't participate. <laughs> oh, sad. Well, with the web yeah. app coming out, we're also open to add Android and Google Play soon, so you won't be yeah. in the in the, out in the cold too long. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for your time today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, let me know when we can do this again sometime soon. Yeah. All right. See you, Jackson. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you for making it to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing the podcast with a friend. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Eddie Varela. Go on and build the future.